We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. I'm your host tonight, Nick, as the Thunder lose to the Memphis Grizzlies by a final score of 121 to 110. We are proudly proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. If you don't already, please be sure to subscribe to our show. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok as it relates to our other content outside the show. Um, In this loss tonight, we'll start with some of our our big picture takeaways like we typically do. Um, Alexei Pokashevsky, I think, is the first guy we should talk about because, quite frankly, he was probably the most impactful player uh, through the first quarter or two until he got hurt. If you guys didn't watch the game, uh, he went down with another ankle injury tonight, um, right before the end of the second half. Did not play the second half at all. Thunder PR ruled him out, and um, hopefully it's a it's a short term injury. But he definitely um, looked like he was in pain leaving the game, going into the locker room. So um, all the best for Poku. Uh, before he went out though and injured his ankle again, he looked spectacular. He had three blocks in the first quarter. Um, he was two of two from beyond the arc, and that brought him to above the 40% mark from beyond the arc to uh, to this point in the season. And when we came into this year, I had I was the last person to guess he would be at this point, but I was preaching if Poku can just be a disruptive defender and hit outside shots as a seven-footer, he will be a valuable player. Did I think he would get to that point now? Absolutely not. I thought he was still probably two years away from being a real impact player. I thought maybe he could be um, much improved this season, but but the the leap he's made from last year to this year, I think a lot of people have talked about this. Um, Shea is the Vegas favorite to win NBA most improved player. I'm not saying Poku should be in that conversation at all, but as it relates to like true Delta in terms of improvement, Poku's probably the most improved player on the Thunder. Um, last season just looked lost. He was still playing a lot of blue minutes um, this season. I mean, he's a bona fide starter, uh, assuming 
he comes back healthy and is fully cleared soon. Like he will likely be a starter when he comes back. And like I said, 40% from three, he's averaging like 1.9 blocks a game at this point. Like what, what more do you want from a role player? Not only is he the perfect three and D guy, but he's seven feet tall. So in some matchups, and you're going to see this a lot this season, just given how small the Thunder are, he's the only seven footer on the roster and he's not built by any means. He's a, he's a slender guy, but you can throw him at center when you need to. We've seen that a lot. He can go up and he's probably one of your better defenders against a traditional big next season. When Chet's back, that'll obviously be his role. Um, Oklahoma city is going to have another um, lottery pick to bring in. They could maybe take a center who knows. Um, but until then, like Poku can play center. And then once you have your centers in place, Poku can legitimately play anything from point guard to center. So I think the versatility, the three and D upside as a role player, um, the, I mean, the 40% from three is incredible for a guy like him that two years ago, we were wondering like, will this guy ever be able to shoot the ball? Um, had maybe some of the least efficient shooting, shooting splits in the entire league to get to where mm-hmm. he is now is, is wildly impressive. He just looks more comfortable um, he looks like an NBA player and, and he's been really, really solid. So big takeaways pre-injury um, tonight. Poku looked really, really solid and was probably the Thunder's best player until he got hurt. Um, second takeaway. I think most people coming into this game, were looking forward to Jean Morant versus Shea Gildas Alexander. And really both of them were fairly disappointing on the night. Um, Jaw actually left the game um, late in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury and hopefully he's good. Like, I don't care what team you root for. If you're a fan of the game or, or just a decent human being, like you just hate seeing guys like that go down, especially a guy that's you know, near the top of the league and one of the rising young guards. Um, but Shay finishes with in 34 minutes, he was six of 18, 15 points, six rebounds, six assists. So not a horrible stat line, but probably his worst game of the year. Um, for a guy that's averaging 32 and a half points a game to only score 15, not great. He only took 18 shots. Like I mentioned, um, you probably like to see that jump a little bit, especially late in the game. Um, we'll talk about that later. He just was kind of non-existent, but, um, Shay's worst game jaw wasn't great either. Looking at his box score, uh, he finished five of 20 from the floor. Good grief. That's not great. Uh, 19 points, 11 assists. Like you like to see that seven rebounds, but it was not the superstar rising guard uh, star showdown you expected from those two. It was really the other guys that stepped up and and we'll talk about some of the other stat lines as we go through, but um, it was really the complimentary players. Jaron Jackson Jr. was Memphis's best player tonight, but there was others that stepped up uh, in, in Jaws sort of absence of production and just wasn't the game we all expected. I expected to take this post-game podcast and talk about Ja having 40, Shea having 43, and just the the young guards going at each other. It just wasn't that kind of night. Um, speaking of guards, another takeaway, Josh Giddy. I don't know what to think. Like Sophomore slump's a real thing. We see it with a lot of guys. Sophomore slump does not mean that player's never going to be good again. But there are certainly guys that are really, really good as rookies, have down sophomore seasons, and then end up being okay. He's and he's been so inconsistent in in the fact that even game to game, possession to possession, half to half, um, he'll have a few bad games. We're like, is this guy okay? Like, is there something wrong with his game? 
Um, then he'll have another game where he's great. Like he'll triple double or he'll shoot three of five from beyond the arc. And then he'll have quarters like he did the other night against Boston. We had like three turnovers to start the fourth quarter. So it's just been really inconsistent with him. Um, I'm a bit worried about the jumper. I'll talk about that again later. Um, even with Chip England, who's probably the best shooting coach in the entire league, Josh's, Josh's shot is just so unorthodox that I worry, like maybe he can develop into a 33% shooter, but I almost have no confidence in him becoming like a 40% shooter, like a really, really good three point shooter. Um, I don't know. He just, he's, he's making bonehead mistakes that he didn't make as a rookie. We talked about him a lot last year. Is like, he's a, a young 19 year old, but he plays like a veteran. Like he plays like he's been in a league for 10 years and doesn't make the stupid rookie mistakes. His IQs off the charts. And this season, it's just like, he's taking a step back in that regard. He's still putting up solid numbers. Um, he was, I think the thunders leading shot taker tonight, which is kind of interesting. He's in the past been more of a passive player that, that doesn't take many shots, but yeah, 20 shots tonight, 10 of 20, like I'll take that. Um, 50% from the floors is solid. O of four from three. You don't like to see that. O of one from the line had 11 assists, six rebounds. So he essentially had the same stat line as jaw one more point, one less rebound, um, same amount of shots, but it just, it just looks different. Like the, the, the mistakes he had three turnovers. It, it seemed like a lot more just, I don't know. It's, it's a sophomore slump and it's up and down. And I'm hoping that as the season goes on, Maybe it's just playing with Shea. Like we didn't get to see a ton of that last year. And I don't think that by any means indicates those guys can't play together, but it, it is a very different version of Josh that we've seen the last couple games. Um, on the same note, J-Dub reminds me a lot of a rookie Josh in the respect that he plays like a veteran that's actually a rookie. Most rookies take Usman Jang. If Usman Jang was playing in some of these recent games down the stretch, it would jump off the page that he's a young guy. Um, he would make idiot mistakes. He would do things where you're like, oh, you should have made this pass, this read, should have shot this when you didn't. Um, J-Dub's not like that. It seems like J-Dub goes out there. He's got zero nervousness. He has been in the league for a long time as one of the peers. If you're a fan that's never... Um, watch the thunder, not super involved with the draft. I mean, J-Dub's obviously a lottery pick, so he's a big name, but if you weren't super in tune to the NBA and you just watch this game tonight as a Grizzlies fan, for example, um, you would, you would look at J-Dub and think like, man, this guy has been in the league five or six years, similar to what we saw with Josh last year, like I talked about. So I'm hoping J-Dub doesn't take a step back next year, but it's been super impressive to see him contribute as a rookie. He's had spot starts. He's played a lot down the stretch. He's knocking down threes. He's got a crazy wingspan, plays a lot of defense. In fact, in, in college, you talked about this. He got his first um, college action because of his defense. His coach brought him in as a, as a freshman um, for defense, defensive assignment, and the rest is history. He becomes one of the greatest players in Santa Clara history. Um, but he can play defense. He does it on both ends. He looks poised. He makes big plays, and I think he's going to be a uh, probably a second-team all-rookie kind of guy, but um, it's been super impressive so far watching J-Dub play. And then going back to Shea for kind of the final takeaway. Um, I could be wrong on this. He came in with 5.09, I believe it was, in the game, which 
was interesting to me. It was a close game in the fourth quarter, and I, I figured he'd come in at seven or eight minutes and came in at 5.09. I don't think he took a shot, which given he's tied for, or going into today at least, I don't know what Joel Embiid did tonight, probably went off. Um, Shea was tied with Joel Embiid for third in the NBA in points per game. You would think that kind of guy, and I think he's actually third in clutch points too, behind De'Aaron Fox and somebody else. You would think that that kind of guy would come in and be aggressive. And he came in and and not that he was passing up shots, but he was like looking for other guys. Um, I don't know if it's fatigue, like doing what Shea's done through the first month of the season takes a lot out of you. Like he puts the team on his back. He goes out there and he works for every basket. I know it looks effortless the way he changes speed and he, he has these kind of unorthodox herky jerky moves like his body's probably like, I need a break. And maybe that was what happened tonight. Like they, they're on a four game road trip, um, been traveling, probably lack of sleep. He's been going off, you know, had 37 points, two games in a row. Tonight was quite the opposite. He comes in five Oh nine left and wasn't much of a factor, right? If again, going back to that analogy of if you're a Grizzlies fan that is not super in tune with the NBA, you probably wouldn't know that Shea Gilchrist Alexander is top 10 or should be considered top 10 in the league this year in terms of like MVP uh, type performances. So interesting to see him not taking over late. I don't read into it again. Can't do it every night. Nobody in the league does it every night. You look at Luca, you look at Jokic, you look at Giannis, like every guy has nights where they score 15 points and, and just don't look like a star. So um, if this were to continue, like maybe that's that's reason for concern, but it's just one game. Um, but nonetheless, interesting to see him not try to take over late. So moving into the kind of game summary, we've talked about some bigger themes. If you guys didn't watch the game, you're listening to the the pod recording and just want a, a quick breakdown. Um, some of the notes I took, it was a, a slow start. Thunder didn't score for the first two minutes plus. Um, which resulted in a 7-2 start. So the Thunder scored their first points with 9.27 left in the first. Um, luckily, it was only 7-2. Like it could have been 15-2. to uh, In fact, after that 7-2 start, they continued to not score the ball, and it actually was 14-2 to start the game. They closed the gap like the Thunder always do. They're resilient. Um, they fight. They never quit. And it was 33-28 after Q1. In that first quarter, it was really Poku, like I talked about, and J-Dub that carried the team. Shea was one of six in that first quarter for two points. The fact that the Thunder were only down five to a Grizzlies team. Let's let's, let's be real. The Grizzlies are a contender. Jaron Jackson Jr. is back. They're without Desmond Bain. But like this roster that Oklahoma City played tonight is a legit roster. And the fact that Shea only had two points in the first quarter and they were only down five is impressive, right? Like, most games, Shea doesn't score, and this team's down 20. Like, there's been nights where he is the only offense this team has. Um, so it's good to see Poku and J-Dub step up. Uh, Poku rolls his ankle in the second. Um, we talked about that a bit. He would not return, but he did have a really, really solid outing up until that point. 59-63 at half, so the, punt, the Thunder pull within four. So down five at the end of the first, down four at the end of the second. Um, it was SGA's lowest scoring first half of the season. He had eight points at half. Obviously, I had seven in the second half, so equally as bad. Um, the story of the first half and really the game was rebounding and free throws. So at halftime, Oklahoma City was out-rebounded re- out by 10, and the free throw discrepancy was a plus 15 towards the Grizzlies. So even if they're shooting 70% from the line, like that's 
eight, nine points the Grizzlies are getting just based on free throws. I know a lot of Thunder fans were upset with the refs tonight, a lot of whistles being blown, but at the end of the day, like if if the refs are blowing their whistles, there may be some bad calls, but the Thunder were definitely fouling quite a bit. Um, they got in the, the Grizzlies got in the bonus late, and again, 15 extra free throws for the Grizzlies at the end of the at the end of the first half. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, outside of those two things, like the Thunder looked fine. They 38% from three, 45% from the floor. I mean, those are, those are splits that you're going to be happy with, but it was just those, the boards and the free throws that, that had the, the four point difference there. Um, third quarter really back and forth the, the Thunder have been really, really good in the third quarter this season, like maybe the best, uh, third quarter team in the NBA in terms of net rating. Um, back and forth, back and forth, final three minutes of the third quarter, Memphis did pull away a little bit at the end of the third quarter the, the free throw discrepancy, um, was actually bigger. It was 28 to eight at the end of the third. So a plus 20 in the, uh, the rebounding margin for the Grizzlies, obviously a huge advantage at the end of the third thunder are down nine points. It was 92, 83. Um, Jaron Jackson jr. Comes out early in the fourth quarter, knocks down a triple, um, that puts the Grizzlies up 12, which I think was their largest lead um, in the fourth quarter. Thunder kept fighting back, chipping away. Um, it just seemed like the Thunder would get close, and then uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. or John Conchar would just hit a big bucket and 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 push the lead back out further. Um, John Morant's ankle injury happened with 3.09 left in the game. It was a six-point game at that point. And I think most people are sitting at home thinking, like, man, jaws out, six-point game. Um, Shay just checked in two minutes ago. Like there's a real chance Oklahoma city comes back and wins this game. They pulled within four points right after Josh gets an and one going to the line about to make it a one possession game, misses the free throw. And then from there, just nothing, nothing doing for him. Um, seven Oh run Grizzlies from that point on. And, um, again, Oklahoma city falls one twenty one to one ten uh, by the final score. So 11 point margin, I think it was a six and a half point spread in Vegas. So Oklahoma city did not cover um, Vegas is, is, is giving the thunder some love. Like there was a lot of games earlier in the season where you saw 11, 12 point spreads. And even against a, a really, really good Grizzlies team, seeing six and a half for the thunder on the road is, is telling that this team puts up a fight and, and is starting to get some credit. So again, some more just kind of analysis or themes of the game overall. Um, was a loss. So I think that's 
two and two on the road trip for the Thunder. So super impressive road trip. Um, awesome to see them compete. They're on the longest road trip of their schedule this year. So in terms of like mileage, like this team has been traveling all over the place over the past week and going two and two against these teams that are like realistically probably all maybe not going to be in the playoffs, but we'll be fighting for a playoffs. But like they weren't playing the Rockets or the Pistons or the Spurs or the Pacic. None of those, those teams that are towards the bottom of the standings, they were playing teams that are all currently playoff teams or will be playoff teams. So impressive two and two road trip for the Thunder speaks to the coaching staff and the maturity of the young team. Um, been super impressed with that. Again, SGA didn't have a great game, but other stepping up is promising. Like I'm sure a lot of people out there are, upset just from like a stat standpoint and, a, and an optic standpoint, like the guy that has been putting Eclipse on the map this year and, and putting himself on the map, frankly, in, in SGA has a 15 point game. That's, that's going to, I mean, this early in the season, that's going to knock his points per game down quite a bit. Um, but to see the other guys step up, I think is a promising sign from a holistic team standpoint. So um, definitely some positives to take from the game overall. Um, you just think about, the flaws in this team. We talked about the rebounding tonight and the lack of a true center and not being able to use some players like you would like to just given the personnel put in place is not complete. But if you add Chet Holmgren, who, who knows what he looks like when he comes back, there's, there's always a risk, but if he looks like what he did in the two summer league circuits, and then you add another lottery pick. So Oklahoma city, barring them making the playoffs and I'm I'm on the camp that says like no way they're they're a better team this year and they and they have looked solid at times but they're not going to make the playoffs there's just too many good teams right it's it's not a not a shot at the thunder it's just there's too many good teams in the west and it's going to be really really hard like I think their ceiling is probably 12th I think Jacob and I was talking about this Jacob thinks they could be 11th in the west which if that's their absolute ceiling that's not a playoff team it's not even a play-in team so too many good teams in the West. Um, I know the Lakers are below the Thunder right now. They're going to figure things out. Even if they are not an elite team, they've got too much talent not to ultimately be better than the Thunder at the end of the year. So between that, the Kings finally look okay. The Warriors are going to figure things out. Like There's just too many good teams for the Thunder to jump into the playoffs, meaning they will have a lottery pick, assuming something crazy doesn't happen. And it's a deep draft. If you guys have not looked at this draft, it is... It is super deep. Like 2022 last year, everyone talked about there wasn't a true bona fide star. Like this draft has several guys that could be number one options in NBA teams one day. So even if Oklahoma City ends up with the eighth pick, like there's going to be a guy that will contribute for this team very, very early. Like as soon as next year as a, as a rookie, add Chet to that equation. This team is like, I wouldn't say the puzzle's complete starting next year, but this team we, we think about, you know, being a bottom team, being a contending team, these middling teams, which is which is something that Presti and Dignald have said, like, we don't want to be in the middle. Like, we don't want to be mediocre. You want to break through that that middle and go from a young, exciting, rebuilding team directly into contention. We've seen the Cavs kind of do this. We've seen the Grizzlies, the, the team that Oklahoma City put out. The Grizzlies were completely rebuilding. Like, they traded away everybody, drafted John Moran at two, and then they break through. That's what the Thunder are trying to do. Um, with Chet and a lottery pick, I think next year, especially if they make a mediocre splash in free agency as well, they're going to break through. The puzzle is going to start looking much better. And then from there, you kind of fine tune and tweak and, 
and get better around the edges. And then two, three years from now, this Thunder team should be um, the trajectory the trajectory they're on. They should be a contending team, a, a, a fighting for home court advantage in the Western Conference kind of team. And even looking at this team as it is today, that's not a team that's going to lose by 73. Like you, you saw the, the Thunder lose to the Grizzlies by 73 points last year. This team, especially when SJ is healthy, has too much talent to lose by that much. Um, I know the team is, it, it appears younger given Derek Favors and some of the, the guys that were traded this summer are gone. But this Thunder team's actually older on average than last year's Thunder team. And they're more talented and better. And I think if you've watched Thunder basketball this year, the record reflects it. Um, the way they play reflects like this team has improved. So is, so is 29 other teams, really. They've, they've all improved. They've all added talent through the draft or free agency or trades. Um, but this Thunder team is better than last year, is older than last year, and continues to get better. Um, the uncontested player of the game tonight, if you guys didn't see the graphic on Twitter, was Jalen Williams. Um, he finishes with... Um, 15 points, seven assists, two steals, six rebounds. Again, just, I, I called him on Twitter, like a, a veteran rookie. Like he is a rookie by, um, experience in the league, but the way he plays just comes off as a veteran. Um, I think he's the perfect guy to have. I think most, most young teams, when you think about the draft, the strategy is like, let's take this 18, 19 year old project. And that has this super high ceiling and grow them. And we've seen that with Poku. We're going to see that with Usman Jang. Whereas Jada was like a three-year college guy, um, a little bit more polished. Given that you might think his ceiling's not as high, his ceiling's pretty dang high. Like this, this is going to be a really, really good player. Um, but those kind of guys, I think, are what help you um, build a culture on the come up of winning. And he is a rookie, but he's also, you know, got a, a voice in the locker room and he's got experience and, and a, a really solid player. Um, I'm going to go through some comments here. Um, Connor B says, I have insanely high expectations for J-Dub. Me as well. Just talked about that. Um, looks super solid. I, I think he's second team all rookie this season. And honestly, he's versatile. He can play small ball power forward. We've seen that this year. He could also play guard. Um, if there's ever a world where Lou Dort is not on this team anymore, I think it's... Uh, it's J-Dub's job for the taking. I'll, I'll say that. Um, Josh shot 11 free throws alone. Okay, so he shot 11 as a whole team. So going back to the uh, um, free throw discrepancy, that's interesting that John Morant had as many free throws as Oklahoma City did as an entire team. That is that is brutal. Um, do you feel like a part of the Thunder fan base is turning on Giddy? Shea has an on-night passing up shots, but then losses get his fault. Um I think I don't think the fan base is turning on Giddy. I think they're being critical of Giddy. If you are like, there, there's two ways players are evaluated in the NBA. It's based on draft position and or what you're being paid, right? So, if um, let me think of an example here. If Stephen Adams actually was a good example, he was making a lot of money for the Thunder his last few years and got a lot of criticism at times when he wasn't producing. If he was making $2 million a year with that production, people would say he's a steal. But when you start making a lot of money, 
the expectation from the fan base and from the front office and deservedly so like you get paid for what you what the team thinks you can produce your 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 benchmark is what you make it can also be a benchmark of where you're drafted so josh giddy being drafted six there's high expectations he looked great last year taking a step back this year there's a lot of critical comments about him as there should be like he's he's expected to be a a key piece of this core whereas if josh giddy was taken 34th like jre i don't think anybody's mad upset even saying anything at all about josh giddy because of where where he would have been drafted so it's all relative um i don't think the fan base is turning on josh he's also had some really really good nights but but the the critical comments on josh i think um i wouldn't say they're deserved because i don't want to call the guy out but he definitely has shown some flashes that are a bit concerning at times i'll say that um overall i still think he's going to be a really solid player. Um, I'm not worried at all about his his long term potential as a player because worst case he's going to be a you know eight rebound, eight assist, six eight guard that can defend multiple positions. Um, but the shot it, it definitely does concern me um, overall. So <clears throat> we go about 27 minutes now. I'll wrap it up here. Um, Thunder finally finished the road trip again. They went two and two. They're going to be at home now quite a bit moving forward. They have a home home stand-up coming this next week. They've got the Knicks on Monday, the Nuggets Wednesday, the Bulls on Friday, all at Paycom Center. If you're a Thunder fan living in the area, get to the games. Um, Shea Gildas-Alexander is doing something right now. I know tonight was a little bit different, 15 points. But Shea Gildas-Alexander is doing something right now that is extremely impressive, and he is absolutely on pace to be the first Thunder All-Star since Chris Paul. So it's been a couple of years. Get to the arena, cheer the team on, do the MVP chance for Shea Gilgis Alexander because um, what he's doing right now is special. I don't know if it's sustainable. 32 and a half points a game coming into tonight. That's tough to uphold. Um, but in the meantime, get there, watch him, um, and and just go watch the Thunder. They're they're a fun young team. Before you, it's it's, it's going to be just like before. I, I'm not saying this is like KD Russ Harden, but when teams that have this much upside break through, like we talked about earlier, it happens like that. Like this team is going to be rebuilding today, and then you're going to blink, and this team's going to be the seventh seed in the playoffs next year. So enjoy the upcoming and watch these guys while they're young. And before you know it, they're going to be there. So get to the games this week. Uh, Knicks Monday, Nuggets Wednesday, Bulls Friday. Uh, before that even happens, we'll be with you guys Sunday for a group pod. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, topics you want to talk about, shoot those to us on DM. Until then, as always, we're up. <clears throat>